welcome to another session of the Business of Craft Beer Blog Talk Radio Show. My name is Greg Dunkling, and I'll be your host. Um, our focus in today's show will be on brewery tap rooms. Um, if you would like to join the conversation, uh, feel free to give us a call at 929-477-1757, and make sure to hit one on your keypad, signifying that you have a question or a comment and would like to join the discussion. I'll try to bring you in at the appropriate time. So uh, the new brewer, uh, the Journal for the National Brewers Association this month, has a featured article, Tap Rooms, Craft Beer's Booming Business Model. While it's no surprise that this is where the action is these days, let's explore some of the factors behind this and what some brewery owners still need to consider as they build strong business models for tap room success. There doesn't seem to be a single business model for success. Uh, some breweries offer no food, while others partner with restaurants to offer quality food. Still others bring food trucks in, or uh, breweries expand their their food service to a full-service, uh, sit-down, restaurant-style kind of approach. How should brewery owners determine the best path for them, and what factors should they examine? Uh, beyond food, uh, some breweries are a local community music venue and others focus on doubling as an art studio or a place for games and sports. Uh, local running and biking clubs often start and end at a brewery. Then there are the various ways that breweries connect with local charities and, and nonprofits to support local community needs. In today's po- podcast, we have two guests uh, with the experience with experience executing uh, taproom strategies, David Nyan assisted Stone Corral Brewery in Richmond, Vermont, in their transition to a full seat service restaurant, while Carrie Shumway, CFO at Wormtown Brewery in Worcester, Mass., was part of the team that helped them grow rapidly from their 2010 launch. Uh, so, welcome, David and Carrie. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. So, um, to start, uh, Bart Watson, uh, chief economist often quoted uh, from the Brewers Association, argues that breweries increasingly need to see themselves as service businesses as much as manufacturing businesses. Hiring and training staff to become ambassadors uh, for their brewery has become more important than ever. Watson asks a simple question. With now more than 7,000 breweries, why would someone visit your brewery when there are so many other options? While the quality of beer needs to be high, today it's, more, it's, it's about more than just beer. We will get into some of these uh, factors and uh, explore these with Carrie and Dave. So the, um, what are your uh, thoughts in terms of the, the service of the environment of breweries today and what it is that people are looking for? Uh, you can talk from your own personal experiences. Um, or in your travels around to different breweries. Um, uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead and then Carrie. Yeah, well, as as the business is growing, it, especially here in New England, of what I've seen, you know, it's it's now becoming you need to create a great experience. It's not just coming in, having a beer, running out the door. As the amount of breweries throughout the state the country grows you need to stand out in front of everyone else you know having a great quality of beer is number one but number two what i've seen is as breweries have grown the demand 
and the the need for food for me especially is what's going to drive up that check average, keep people coming back. And, you know, it's not just for beer anymore. It's, you know, it's becoming localized very much where tap rooms are becoming meeting places for local communities and friends to gather. And it's, it's growing drastically. Yeah. I think from a, Really, you got to give them a reason to come in. You got to give them something to talk about, something that's new and different and exciting and unique. Um, when you browse in the beer aisles, most folks, most craft beer folks, are looking for something unique and different. That's what they're going to grab. Uh, so, a reason to to pull them in. Why would they come to your place? One example: what we did recently at Wormtown is we partnered with uh, the Red Sox. Their Worcester Red Sox are moving from Pawtucket to Worcester and we brewed a beer that was aged on baseball bats. So that's kind of unusual. It's intriguing. It gets people talking. So they want to come in and try it out. If, you know, curiosity of, I, I don't know, you know, how much they're thinking, Oh man, that's going to taste great. But it's something, you know, that kind of gets people excited yeah. and it's, and it's new and different. So I agree with David. It's got to be about the experience because you can pretty much get good beer almost anywhere. And I heard yeah. someone recently say that you, you need to create a sense of theater almost where you're coming in and you're like, holy cow, what's, you know, this place is unbelievable. Uh, so you really have to amp it up in terms of, you know, that theater or that experience. Yeah. I was recently uh, last week uh, in Portland, Maine at a, at a brewer's conference and Peter Bissell, the Bissell brothers brewing discussed the importance of, of the third place between home and work. Uh, and many of us have become sort of, familiar with that concept made popular by Starbucks. Um, they strive to create a place where people met friends, went to work, or just read the paper as they, as they consumed their coffee. Uh, Peter described a similar phenomenon in today's brewery tap rooms. Um, so the value add of the experience, it's not, it's not just about the beer. It's not always just about the food. Some breweries of course don't ser- serve food at all, but it's that environment that people are in, um, and uh, um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about the um, the connection between beer tap rooms uh, and 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 what some people are talking about as the uh, the growth of the industry as the outgrowth of the local bore and slow food movement um, where local artisans cultures and cuisine are, are emphasized. Um, do you see this connection? And do beer consumers today often simply expect high quality food as a compliment to high quality beer? Uh, for me, yes, but I think it's more, it's not just about the beer or food. You know, I would put it back similar to growing up in Ireland where, you know, the pub in Ireland was always a place where you went to meet, meet your neighbors, locals, you know, you had a f- weddings, you had christenings you everything and the pub was the focal point of the community and i as the business and the industry is growing here in the u.s i'm starting to see a lot of that i'll use stone corral as an example um over the past year with the growth we've seen the food has been a big part of it but i think the experience that you get coming in you know some nights in there, 
it almost feels like it's town meeting day or it's uh, mm-hmm. town hall. It's town hall that you have so many people that know each other and it becomes a familiar kind of family orientated at times, but you know, you can go in, you're going to have a good time. And that also comes back to staffing where, you know, the staffing of any bar or restaurant, you need personable people. You need, you need to make the guests feel welcome and, you know, almost an extended version of your own living room. And I think that's as the smaller pockets and smaller local breweries open, I think creating that sort of atmosphere is what's going to make you a successful business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think on the, on the food and the beer, you know, personally, I think it all has to be really good. I, I think one can detract from the other. You know, we were in Charlotte a couple of weeks ago and we visited a number of breweries where the beer was fantastic and the food was really bad and the service was not good either. And for me, it reflects on, on the business as a whole. So I, I think, I think details are important. And I think when you're creating, and we talked about experience and, and so forth, I think those are really important touch points for a customer because they do have lots of choices and they can have, uh, you know, on a whim, they can say, well, you know what, that, that pretzel had been sitting out, it had to be sitting out for two days. It was hard as a rock. I'm not coming back. You know, it doesn't, you know, folks have pretty high standards. So if you have amazing beer, yeah, you might be able to overcome that. But I think those details are really important. And I think as as far as integrating local art and music, I mean, people people come to taprooms for different reasons. So I think it's important to be authentic to what you are. Um, you know, if you're really not into art, not into music, I wouldn't force the issue because it's inauthentic and people can kind of sniff that out. So you, you kind of have to be what you are. And I think that's what really draws folks to tap rooms is it's like, you know, it's the craft, you know, you're dealing with real people, real craftsmen and, you know, they're what's important to them. Ultimately, you know, they'll, they'll find their people. Um, so if you're into art, um, if you're into music, definitely by all means, you know, we do a uh, trivia night, which is really popular and people just come out of the woodwork for that. So I think it has to be a, pay attention to the details and be authentic, uh, maintain, mm-hmm. maintain that so that, uh, you know, people can really sense it. Um, we're going to talk uh, about a, a, a number of um, taproom kind of experiences, but David, I want I want to just ask you about the the food service side of of a taproom. Um, decision by a brewery to expand into into food, providing food uh, certainly involves a number of factors. Uh, space uh, being one of those. Uh, looking at what competition is from from other restaurants and eateries in the neighborhood. Um, the capital requirements of building out a, a kitchen. Uh, could you speak to these and, and other considerations that people kind of have to go through as they're thinking about how they're going to provide uh, decent food for people? Yeah, you know, there's there's definitely different styles of food and service. You know, a couple of models of counter service is fairly popular. I see in a lot of breweries where you go up, you'll order at the counter and the food will be brought to you. And then, you know, you have more of the traditional style of more restaurant full service, which, you know, all depending on your brand and how you want to portray your own brand, each of those models work great for, can work great for anyone. But, you know, once you start getting into 
full service, bigger kitchens, more expanded menus, you're definitely going to have to take into account the setup costs associated to it, you know, essential equipment that will be needed in a kitchen to be able to develop your menu to appeal to more people. And part of that then is, you know, you got your hiring process. You know, you a lot of breweries that open are brewers, you know, you need to realize that the food side can take thirty percent of your your profits can be spent on the food itself. So having an experienced head chef or experienced bar manager that can help direct and move the staff in the right direction and create the experience that you need coming into a restaurant is is probably one of the most important thing important points when you have when you're going to the food side that having the experience that can direct you and can direct the rest of the staff are some of the most more important items that will be needed. I would bet that most people who open breweries never anticipated being in the restaurant business. Um, that's just a, a, a educated guess or maybe uneducated guess, but the, the logistics and I've seen, you know, many, many tap rooms, um, with with food service, uh, the logistics of a restaurant, the staffing and managing of staff, this, this adds a, a significant level of complexity to any brewery. Uh, should a brewery owner hire somebody to run this operation so that they can remain focused on beer? I know, David, you and I have talked about this in the past. Yeah, me personally, I think yes. You know, there's you can definitely go a certain point without needing that that lead manager or kitchen manager. But once you start getting in, especially full service, you know, you need to have a, someone that can have a good train, write a good training program for you to be able to portray your brand goals and creating that customer experience or guest experience being in, in the brewery, you know, it can definitely grow the business for the tap room quite drastically and as business grows and being the business owner you have a lot of things to be worrying about making sure financials are good the brewing schedules are all on time so having someone with experience on a front of house or back of house basis will take a lot of that worry and a lot of that being pulled in 500 different directions off your shoulders and can give it the very direct Roots to success. Carrie, do you want to add, add anything? Yeah, I mean, to your original question of that you were betting that most people who open breweries never thought about being in the restaurant business, um, <laughs> don't want to be in the restaurant business. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the the flip side of that is most people in the restaurant business don't want to be in the restaurant business. We've we've tried to bring in different <laughs> partners, and and even even they're like, man, I don't want to do this. I want to sell beer. So I think, you know, from the folks that I've talked to, you know, the simple, profitable, elegant business model is, is the tap room. Make great beer and, and pour it and hand it out to people and make, make remarkable margins on that and, and keep your, your, your operations very simple. You know, fundamentally the problem is that 
you know, you're trying to draw people in and keep them in your tap room longer, and you can only drink so many beers without food. I've tried it. You know, it's, it's hard, and you're like, man, I, I need to eat something. So it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things. You know, I, I remember speaking with uh, one brewery owner, and, I, and, I, and it was on this very subject, and I said, uh, you know, so, so why did, you know, what happened you know, with, with the whole food question? And he responded, he said, you know, overnight my business became immensely more complicated, my, you know, operationally and, and staffing and so forth. And he went on and on and on. It was very sort of negative. And I said, wow. I said, well, well, would you do it again? And he said, absolutely. Because it's, it's not the right choice for everybody, but fundamentally it's going to grow your sales. It's going to keep people in there longer. It's going to keep, keep people coming back. Um, but I would totally agree with David. I think you need a food and beverage manager in there because as a brewery owner operator, you've, you've got to keep your eye on the prize and that's, that's running your production, uh, you know, maintaining, maintaining quality, quality control and safety. And, you know, most breweries that get into, you know, production tap room and distribution are running three very different business models and they require different skill sets and different expertise. Uh, so I think if you can, if you can really look at your business as, as, subsets of the same business you know your, your brewery production manufacturing side on the one hand your tap room customer facing on the other and bring in folks that are really expert in each i think that's going to serve everybody well mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. avoid a lot of financial surprises let me take a moment to provide information about two beer school continuing education courses that carrie and dave will offer in the near future uh, whereas the Business of Craft Beer Certificate Program focuses on startup breweries and all the details necessary to plan and develop a financial plan for a new brewery, Beer School focuses on the professional development needs of staff working in operating breweries. Dave will teach a four-week course entitled Brew Pub, Tap Room, and Restaurant Planning, while Curry will offer Maximizing Tap Room Revenue, and both of these will be coming up in the, in the months ahead. We focused uh, a lot on food so far, but a tap room today involves, of course, far more than just food. Um, the beer, its pricing, whatever is sold in the tap room, and in, these involve uh, finance and margins. Carrie, in your course, maximizing tap room revenue, tell us what will be covered and why these topics are important. Yeah, for starters, we're gonna we're gonna focus on. I think the quick wins of how to grow sales and some of the ideas that we'll talk about are relatively straightforward. Some you've heard of some, some maybe are unique and different. Um, so driving that sales number is about most important. Um, what I like to dig into is beyond the sales line as well. And so we're going to talk about margins, um, basically product margins and, and how to, how to, how to figure those out in a straightforward and simple way. A lot of the information, I've tried very hard to present it to non-financial owners and operators so that you don't have to be an accountant to do this stuff, and I'm hopeful that you won't be, but uh, this is not for the bean counters. This is for the business people. Um, so really drilling into margins, operating expenses, and talking a lot about things that aren't talked about so much, which live on the balance sheet and, and can greatly affect cash flow. So. Um, we'll run through each of these and really with an emphasis on the importance of creating a financial plan, having a roadmap, and then tracking against it, and then understanding how you can really um, shift 
if you know you're not meeting the numbers that you need to. We have obligations from a financial standpoint to ourselves as owners, and perhaps to lenders, bankers, if you know if, if we borrowed money to get here, or other investors. So it's it's very important to have a good financial plan, track against it, and we have templates and step-by-step methods uh, in the course to, to help folks get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to go to a, a, a HR question, uh, a hiring uh, question, which, uh, which Dave and I have talked about in the past, and it relates to sort of that experience and, and sales. Dave, you once said to me um, how, how it was that you hired people uh, initially working at RERA and then how you came to the conclusion that, that a better approach was really required. What do you look for? What's your process in hiring the right people to be on the other side of the, of the counter from, from customers? Well, these people, you know, your bartenders, your servers, they're probably your most valuable asset in the front facing of, of your business. They're the people that are interacting with your guests. They're the ones that are going to create the atmosphere and, you know, give that experience of, give the wow factor and, you know, make people, encourage people to come back. So through the years, and I opened a bunch of different pubs with Rira, and, you know, I've always want, I've always had my core staff uh, which would come with experienced cider staff. We've moved from pub to pub, but always some few with experience. But after that, through the years, what I found, I started hiring more so for personality. When I have a core staff that can help train and create train new new hires that. It's easy to teach the job, but personality is something that I've you can't teach. You know, for me going into a bar and it drives me mad when I go in and I sit at a bar and the bartender just pours a drink and then stands back with their arms crossed. That's not creating an atmosphere. It's not building and getting that customer to come back into you. So with a personality and outgoing team team members, you know, they definitely will encourage people and make people feel welcome. You know, if you're felt welcome, you're more inclined to sit a little longer. You're more inclined to tell your friends, oh, I had a great experience. And it all comes back to the experience and, you know, you're spending good money. You want to make sure that it's it's value. You're getting your value, but also if if it's a terrible time, you're not going back. And mm-hmm. then also it's team players. You know, end of the day when we're all up the walls busy, we all need to know we have each other's back and that, you know, everyone on the team is working for the same goal. And, you know, mm-hmm. being very clear with new hires that, what I'm looking for is, you know, making sure the guest has the best best time, and we'll we'll come back to see you. Yeah, and I I think to to you know carry your earlier point uh, in terms of just sales. Um, I recently read I forgot exactly um, who wrote this, but they talked about a study 
that showed that the, the engagement process of the person behind the counter with their customer can increase sales 10% just simply by the questions and the approach that they take, um, you know, to, bring, to understand what it is that, that they're looking for, to not make them feel, uh, you know, possessing a lack of knowledge about craft beer, but sort of giving them an opportunity to express what they're looking for and to tr- maybe try products. Um, and just that interaction can really uh, help improve um, the, the sales uh, in, a, in a tap room. Uh, Kerry, I'm sure you'll be talking about some of this stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're going to get into a lot of different stuff. I think, um, I mean, to that point, that is super important. I mean, some people walk into a tap room and they know exactly what they want. And I think it's Mm -hmm. incumbent upon the server to kind of read the situation and say, all right, this this guy looks lost. You know, he's looking at the menu. He has no clue. So I got to guide him. You know, and then you walk him through a series of questions. And then I think that person feels like, all right, well, this, this guy cares about getting me the right thing. He wants me to have a good experience. And then, and then you get him a beer and they like it or they don't. And then you try it again. And then that's kind of the process to, you know, build your brand is to really walk somebody through that. Um, so that engagement is really important and from a sales perspective. Um, you know, if, if you walk in confused, you're probably going to you know, make a random choice and then walk out and maybe never come back. But if you're educated and you're guided towards something that you that you like or you want to try something different, you're more likely to order another one or come back or tell your friends about it. And then furthermore, you've made a connection, I think, with that server. That server can then um, do what is probably one of the most overlooked ways to increase your taproom revenue, and that's simply ask for the sale, to, to upsell the customer. I think upsell may have a slightly negative connotation, but you're, you're ultimately trying to guide that customer to give them what they want. They walk into your tap room. They want, they want to be sold something. They just need to, you to tell them, you know, what's good and why you like it and why they should like it. Um, so this is something, and that may be the study you were referencing, Greg, with, you know, the engagement is telling people what you have to offer. And it's not just beer. I mean, if, if they're checking out, you can offer them, sure, packaged beer to go if you have that, a growler, uh, merchandise is, is easy sell if you're if you have that uh, tickets to an event uh, gift cards there's if your brewery or taproom is offering these things that customer doesn't necessarily know so I think we take that for granted a lot that we're like oh yeah well of course we have gift cards well of course we have the new t-shirt that j- the, the customer doesn't know he comes in and he's trying to do his best to read that beer menu and figure out what he wants so I think that hand-holding is Mm-hmm. important for experience and super important uh, for sales. Um, so relative to the course, yep, we're going to go through not only the financial side of it, which again, I think is super important having a financial plan, you know, planning your cash flow needs. Um, so if you're, if you're starting a brewery or, or you're uh, expanding or you need uh, to, to, you know, add, this or that, you're going you're gonna to need to build a schedule of sources and uses, you know, what money you need and where you're going to get it and fundamentally how you're going to pay it back. Uh, so those are critical pieces, and they're not that complicated. Um, and then your operating plan, your sales plan, and so forth. We'll also talk a lot about uh, point-of-sale systems, uh, which is a great way to capture data about your customers when they come in. 
Um, and obviously, to be if, once you know who they are, you know if they've given you information, then you can, you know, directly market back back to them. Let them know what's going on. Um, so those are those are some of the some of the highlights. Great. <clears throat> um, and I just wanted to uh, invite anyone to hit number one on the keypad if you do have a question you'd like to join the conversation before we close today. Um, I wanted to ask quickly, uh, Carrie, are there industry benchmarking uh, standards that breweries can measure themselves against? There's millions. Yeah, I would okay. say, here, here's my caveat. I would say that there are and they should be used and taken with a grain of salt because everything is, um, you know, it's very market specific. It's it's business mm-hmm. specific. Um, so I think they're useful. Two of my favorites that are more general um, would really be monitoring, you know, the number of customers that come in, customers per day, per week, per month, and the average ring per customer. So once you know those two metrics, you can really work on improving them and driving sales. And the point of sale system should be able to pretty easily track that. You know, you can build metrics or, or KPIs, key performance indicators for your tapper manager or your staff so they can monitor that information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a real quick way to use some simple math to drive revenue and, and everybody can understand, you know, those, those particular numbers. So we can get into, um, you know, what those averages are, uh, but they're going to be really personal and specific. So I, I generally tend to say, let's look at historical performance as to what a tap room did and then benchmark against that. Cause ultimately, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's really what you're going for. I, I do think it's useful to pull in industry averages, but in my experience, they're, they're generally uh, not super relevant, and it's hard to really nail it down. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I would uh, lean towards a historical benchmark. Great. Well, unfortunately, we are running out of time here for today's podcast. Um, I'd like to uh, thank uh, Carrie Shumway from Wormtown Brewery, uh, located in Worcester, Mass., and Dave Nyan, who just concluded his work at Stone Corral Brewery in Richmond, Vermont, assisting in the enhancement of their taproom presence. Um, Next week, our guest will be uh, Matt Medeiros from Revival Brewing, located in Cranston, Rhode Island. Our topic of discussion will be um, managing your brewery's social media presence. Uh, Social media today, of course, offers everybody a platform for communicating to the world, and this can be positive, yet also disastrous for any business. Uh, this is especially the case for a brewery that is uh, diligent at building and maintaining their brand, yet one substantial misstep can lead to a torrent of bad publicity if this situation is not managed effectively. So we're going to be talking with Matt and some other guests uh, about this topic. Um, so again, uh, Dave and uh, Carrie, thank you again for, for joining us today. We uh, enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Greg. Pleasure. So until next Tuesday, uh, March 12th at 12 noon uh, for our next show, I'll sign off for now. And don't forget to support your local brewery. So have a good day, everyone.